It's good that you don't mention that name, and I wouldn't mention his name either, or any incel's name, because I do not want to be giving them what they were seeking, which was notoriety. X is back for a sequel, and I think we're going to talk something along the lines of... Well, you tell you tell us. what, what What's on your mind? So today I wanted to talk about a co- topic that may be a tad more controversial than the one that... I had spoken about before regarding Asperger's and inceldom. And today, I mean, it kind of is, it kind of relates to that a little bit with regards to the idea of revenge and redemption in the context of living a good life. But I think an, a better way to word this would be sort of like one upping in the context of living a good life because it's a situation where, in my eyes, Every single one-upping is revenge and redemption, but not every revenge and redemption is one-upping. So maybe that's the term that I think would be a little bit more important to throw out there, the idea of one-upping. I, I, I like – is that your own term or is that something that you're picking up off of, uh, off of the internet? I'll admit that is something that I picked up off of the internet when people on Incel Exit told me that I need to get over my obsession of one-upping certain people in my life. Interesting. So is it kind of, okay. So unfold this term so I know what I am dealing with here. What exactly is one-upping in your mind? Well, one-upping, I think, is a term that I would use as a way of basically doing things in life that I've wanted to do. And there are three particular things in life that will allow me to have gotten revenge and redemption in the sense that I would have one-upped a lot of people who made me feel like shit in my life, namely the bullies who left me out of things, the quote-unquote traitors, which might be a bit of a harsh term to use given that some of these relationships were kind of in their early stages, so I can't really think of a better word to use, but traitors, let's just say that, and people who were basically just like on incel exit, who basically blamed me and said, oh, it's my fault that the way that I am the way I am and that it was nobody else's fault and what have you. But, and also, there are also some people in life who I want to one up, who I resent because they represent everything that I could have been if I had it as easy and effortless as them. And there is one person in particular who I will use as an example I will not say any names, of course, but I will just state their occupation and who they are in relationship to me, if that is okay. Yeah, well, whatever you're comfortable with. Okay. But is there anything else that you would like me to clarify? Well, I, I, I mean, want to one-up is pretty common lingo, so I think I've grasped that, but I, I, you've helped situate this in the context of uh, our, our prior conversation about you feeling slighted, or I'm hearing about um, feeling, you know, a bit spiteful. Uh, am I right about that? Spiteful. Um, yeah, you could say that spiteful kind of, well, not kind of very much hurt and, and, um, just very lost in my desires of one upping. And and to be honest, I feel like this one upping complex might be a side effect of my autism where the things that I want to do with regards to one upping a lot of people in life 
are seen by many as rigid and lacking in flexibility, which Mm -hmm. again is a very common trait with those who have Asperger's, but here's, but that's the full hearted truth with regards to what I want to do when it comes to one upping. So yeah, it's, that's just kind of the terminology right there. Okay. I, I, I get that much. And, and one final point of clarity before you sort of give the big spill here. Has something happened recently? It sounds like you're, you're sort of uh, dealing with uh, something painful as of late. Well, actually something not necessarily that. Here's actually the case. The reason why one-upping has gotten so much more prominent in my life is because you see, in the past month, I had been going on Incel Exit, which honestly, I I disown that sub from my that subreddit from my life because I realized the true nature of that sub, which is a place that people can talk down on incels and gaslight them and make them question everything about themselves, rather than having empathetic discussions with them where they say, "Oh, you are not more or less deserving of a good life because of what you went through. You do not get to exchange your traumas." for something good in life, which to be honest, I'm sure anybody who has things that I want in life would find it very easy to say that and who honestly didn't deal with true hardship in life. But Mm -hmm. moreover, moreover, I have actually found, I feel like I have been making some progress with what I want to do in my life in terms of getting the things that I want. It's almost like I have the precursors to the three main things I want in life that I feel like are necessary to one up others and to prove them wrong, so to speak, which are one, a decent career, maybe with the potential of getting a PhD in public health so that I can make six figures because I've gotten a lot of different experiences over the past few weeks and people who are wanting to network with me and whatever. So that's definitely something to my advantage. I have, you know, the second thing, is a proper and expansive social life that is better than the half-assed one that I had to live with pretty much my entire life where I had no squad, so to speak. And I just had to be the one to reach out to others and basically force myself into interactions. Otherwise, they would never happen. And because a friend of mine, a close friend of mine, he wanted to get me into his friend group that he has had since the beginning of university when I asked him a couple of weeks ago. So I feel pretty relieved about that a little bit, but quite possibly the biggest thing is that I may have potentially found somebody pretty special. And I am just, I have been so lost in my fantasies of how I can develop a great relationship with this person, how she thought I was interesting and nice and whatever, and how these next few months are going to be so interesting to get to know her more. And then getting to a point where I could be in a relationship with her and that I could finally get the one thing that I feel like people basically try to make me internalize as unworthy of having after all the hell they put me through in life. Mm -hmm. And all of these things have been happening over the past few weeks, but it's been a weird tug of war inside my mind because on one hand, I want to leave these dark thoughts behind. But on the other hand, I feel a sense of a sense of pyrrhic victory where I feel like maybe I've finally, maybe I am close to winning, but at what cost the cost of my sanity over Mm. these past few years, this past decade. 
I, I want to delve in a little bit more about these, this sort of life script that you're describing, you know, decent career, social life, and especially the idea of a partner. But before we do that, I, uh, I just want clarity here on, in our conversation. I mean, do, do you, do you see this as a, as a safe place to kind of have a discussion and, and would you categorize it as empathetic? Of course. I haven't yeah, gotten, okay. I haven't, I, I don't get any indication that there is a lack of empathy. So, or, or that, or that there's judgment. I mean, you know, it's the whole point of the show is to be able to hear perspectives uh, that are different from our own. So, so, so that's, that's a check mark in my mind. That's one good thing. The other thing that I'm just wondering if we're broaching on and I want to maybe take a side road or, or maybe we can come back to it, but, you know, following up on Inseldom, there's been a lot of press about violence and things that have happened in Toronto, especially a few years ago. I think the person uh, in the, regarding the van attack was recently sentenced. In fact, yes. when you're talking about dark fantasies, like are we, are we broaching on that sort of rage or help me understand what you mean about, you know, um, losing your sanity? Oh, absolutely. Well, let, let me make this very clear to you and the audience that I am the f- I am the most gentle person you could ever speak of. I could never, ever, even if I really wanted to, even if I hated somebody with all of my guts, which there are admittedly a lot of people, I would never, ever, ever take action to doing, you know, something as heinous and as evil and as just insane as that murderer had done. Mm-hmm. And I want nothing to do with him or any of those radical incels. Right. And I guess that's the distinction is there's, you know, it's a slippery slope between um, seeing and perceiving and having ideas around, you know, incel maybe dogma, if we can call it that, and then moving uh, on the other hand to, the point of of causing harm uh, to others, um, although the argument could be made that you're some sometimes well, as you rightly observed, I think some harm is being caused within the within the community. I don't, I'm not in the Reddit uh, chats as much uh, these days, but I mean, incels can be pretty cruel and they can be a toxic place. So it sort of leads uh, to a sense of feeling unwell and having, you know, it's no surprise that someone has dark fantasies and and then, you know, it escalates. So I, so good. So now that we've got that out of the way, it doesn't sound like you're planning anything violent or, you know, I, I'm not hearing you polishing a, uh, a firearm or something in the background. I should hope. (laughs) If you like, I look for what it's worth. Like I, again, I could never, you know, I could never even get one, even if I really wanted to, which I don't. But yeah, like Canada is probably the last place you could. It's not like America where you just see a mass shooting every single week and whatnot. And and so, you know, this concept of one upping or even just the idea of revenge, um, you know, that's that's still part and parcel of the conversation, though, I think. Would it not be said that the fella who I, I know his name off the top of my head uh, but I choose not to say it because it's yes. probably not as important. Uh, the 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 fellow who drove the van though into people uh, in Toronto, um, could it not be said that he was acting out of revenge or perceived spite or um, 
you know, wanting to one up, so to speak, or make that to help me make that distinction, help me understand, you know, the difference. To be honest, his, it's good that you don't mention that name and I wouldn't mention his name either or any incels name because I do not want to be giving them what they were seeking, which was notoriety. But, Mm -hmm. but here's the difference. What he did, he did because a lot of these incels, they have suicidal intent. And they feel that, well, you know what? My life is going to end anyway. I might as well take some people with it. And he was suicidal, this incel who committed that heinous crime. He even at one point tried to pretend that he was unloading a gun so that he could be shot to death by police. And that was his intention. But of course, police did not fall for it. And they completely fucked up his plan. And now he is rotting in jail pretty much. And... Mm. That's he wanted to get revenge. He wanted to act out against society, but this his way was acting out of a place of I don't know if hopelessness is the right word. I think his his word his acting of revenge was just to quote unquote accomplish his mission and do what other incels before him, including the founding forefather, whose name I will also not mention. But oh, that, that's reference. You're just, I think you're referencing a uh, fella in, I guess it was California or in one of the states. Santa, who, Santa Barbara. Yes. Right. Okay. Who, uh, who I guess was the inspiration, uh, if, if you can use that word, um, for the further harm caused in Toronto. Yes. Yes. And recently in Plymouth, England, there was someone who did that. And it's just really highlighting how, there is a clear mental health epidemic and I am no stranger to mental health problems. I have generalized anxiety disorder and I found out yesterday that I have dysthymia, which is a type of or persistent depressive disorder, which I kind of knew I had depression. But the point I'm trying to say here is that these incels and their revenge, it was an act. They acted this way because they felt suicidal and they felt hopeless. And even if I were to, God forbid, ever feel suicidal, which I might get onto later, but it is not a present, it is not a present matter whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I would never, ever, ever try to do what they did because I just am not, I am not, I don't believe in violence. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in causing harm to others. I might wish some misfortune on others, such as them losing their bank accounts, them losing their jobs, and sure. them divorcing and whatever, and stuff like that. But I would never wish cancer upon them. I would never wish death on them or a relative of theirs. All right. I, I appreciate that. I, I mean, no no point in beating a dead horse here. I uh, take your point, and uh, um, I feel like I, I took us down a sidetrack that didn't necessarily need to go that way, but I'm glad we got we got to clarification. Okay. So um, sounds like you've got a pat or someone uh, chatting with you there. No, no, I was just, I was, no, I was just, I was just saying, I was just saying, no, you were absolutely right that, you know, you were right to take this path. Okay. Well, very good. Thank you for that. I want to come back to this, um, this, uh, focus of potentially having found a partner. Well, I, I hear, I hear hope X. Uh, so tell, do tell. Well, if I'm going to tell you about this potential partner, I got to tell you about this one complex that I feel like has been kind of the driving force of my life a little bit, but has also been a curse upon me. And 
it's kind of, it's a complicated matter of how this complex got to be. But here's the thing. One of the things that I want to do in life that is integral, that is vital to my one-upping is to get married before 30. And Mm. one of the things that I feel contributed that followed me after my mind was shattered in 2016, after this mix of terrible bullshit things that people were putting me through in high school and unsupportive parents and just a just a combination of terrible things happening to me all over the place. I, I, um, I've, it started back in January of 2018 when a peer of mine told me that her sister, who was 23 at the time, was getting married. And to be honest, I was obsessing over that for the longest time because I'm just thinking to myself, oh, people telling me the average marriage age in Canada here is in their 30s. And yet look at all these people getting married you know, in their 20s, or as I refer to it, at an age that matters, because I'll explain more of that later. But after that, you know, to be honest, I I, I sometimes question why I envied that couple to begin with, because they're not even rich. They don't have money compared to the others who got married at around the same age, but actually have some financial, you know, prospects, if you will. But what I'm trying to say is that You know, throughout 2018 until now, I have seen far too many people my age getting married, you know, people who are marginally older than me, like what I refer to as zillennials, basically people who were born between the period of millennial and Gen Z. You know, you could say people born from 1994 to 1999, seeing all these people getting married in their 20s and whatever. And whilst I haven't even had a relationship prospect until potentially now, was something that was causing me profound grief and madness inside of me because it's just justifying the injustices that I've faced in my life because here are all these people getting all the things that I wanted in life, perfect social life, perfect relationships, and never having truly suffered to get to that point whilst I had to deal with being rejected, bullied, treated like shit, ostracized because of some neutral difference that didn't that doesn't harm anybody but in the eyes of my peers was a crime against humanity, which was Asperger's. And just seeing all these people getting married at a prime age and not divorcing, despite the, you know, despite all these idiots who have been telling me, oh, half of all marriages end in divorce. I've only seen one couple who got married in their 20s, like, or, you know, this person actually got married before 20 and had her son at 19, but she inevitably divorced because her husband was immature. But the point I'm trying to make is that all these people, and I have like a... I have a rogues gallery, if you will, of all these people who have gotten married at 20 to 25. And I just keep them in the back of my mind. And I'm just like, yep, I need to one up this person. I got to one up this person. I got to one up that person. And this is just the people who have gotten married. There's a plenty bunch of other people who I have on that list that I want to one up by getting married before 30 to prove to them that their efforts to ruin my life were in vain. Okay, so you've got a hit list, so to speak, of people that you want to one-up. Yes, and to be honest, if if I were to tell you every single person on that list and why I want to one-up them and what made me want to one-up them, we would be here for an entire week, but I'm not going to do that, of course. I yeah, and, I, and hey, I'm sorry, carry on, carry on. 
Okay, it's okay. I just want to say that there is one person in particular who I do not want to go throughout this episode without mentioning, but I don't think... You see, I'm, I'm at a bit of a fork in the road. I don't know if I should talk more about the relationship prospects or if I should talk about this one person in particular who I want to one-up. Can I give you some uh, some advice? Go right ahead. Are, are you... Well, my view... As much as the Rex Crim show is, you know, and, and I have a, a proclivity to that, which is seedy and, and, um, and dark and, you know, all the things that lead to crime uh, or, or wrongdoing and that sort of stuff. Uh, I'm hearing from UX this um, sense of being hurt or what I referred to earlier as spitefulness. And yes. I would like to suggest that, you know, this is a matter of uh, perception it is projection. And if you should choose to spend our time talking about the person that you want to one up, that's one thing, but I would like to hear more about, you know, the, the potential, the hope that you have for uh, a potential prospect of, of finding love or this person, you know, and, and troubleshooting ways that, uh, you know, you'll get the girl, so to speak, or the guy or whatever the case may be. So um, if you're at that fork road, maybe fork in the road, you know, maybe take, take the, the higher road, which might be more difficult and, and be vulnerable and tell us about what you want and what you hope for. Fair enough, but I'm not, I'm not going to pursue, talk about the, I'm not necessarily going to talk about advice and ways to go about mm -hmm. this and whatever. I'm just saying, I'm just merely going to be talking about the prospects, or at least what I hope to be the prospects. But anyways, on to this person. So this person, to be honest, is quite the four-leaf clover of a person because she is, one, an attractive woman in my eyes. And it's, to be honest, my standards of what I find attractive are not particularly high, but you know, then the next thing is that she's, well, obviously single and good luck finding, you know, attractive women who are single these days. Now, a lot of them happen to be extroverted. This one's introverted. So it kind of explains why she's single. Two or three, I should say, are, is that she is not rambunctious. You see, this is a particular group of people who I want to one up the rambunctious people, if you get what I mean. I I wish I could say I do. I know what it means to be rambunctious, but um, but I want clarity again on what you mean when you say wanting up the rambunctious people. Here's the thing. The rambunctious people are the types of people who would, you know, the cool people, you know, the cool kids of high school, the jocks, the, right. the cheerleaders. Not that there was a cheerleading thing at my school, but... Basically, there was a lot of cool people, popular people, if you will. The in, who, the, the in crew. Yes. I've never heard that term, but I guess if that's what it is, then... Well, I mean, the it. folks who are popular, the, 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 the in, you know, the, the ones who have parties, the, uh, the yes. Hollywood, the, the local Hollywood celebrities, so to speak, whatever, whatever, <sighs> however you want to oh phrase it. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Carry on. Carry on. It's those particular people who I want to one up because... They the chads, dare I dare, dare I say the chads and the Stacys, or have I gone too far? Mm, I mean, if if that's what you want to refer to them as, I guess you could say that. But a lot of these guys that I also want to one up, and these women I want to one up, 
aren't necessarily Chad's and Stacy's by definition. So maybe it's a bit of a maybe it's limited. There's some there's some nuance there. They're not just Chad's and Stacy's, but 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 maybe Chad's and Stacy's tend to be uh, rambunctious. Yes. Okay, but anyway, I'm I'm uh, I digress again, and I'm just thinking out loud here. You know that you're wanting to one up rambunctious folks, and I'm thinking, how is that different from someone deciding to get in a van and and one up uh, you know folks that they see as rambunctious? Well, one of them. Forgive, involves- forgive me, forgive me for making that parallel, but you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, carry on. Well. One of them involves, well, one of them simply involves taking the life of others, and one of them simply doesn't. And mm-hmm. I want to choose the latter, of course, and oh, not okay. the former. But, but here is, this is also a chance for me to one-up rambunctious people in the sense of like, you see, these rambunctious people, they deemed me unworthy of joining them in their parties. They deemed me unworthy. They deemed me too weird of being cool with them. I tried to get with the cool people in high school and they deemed me so unworthy. And yet it's those very same people who, not exactly the people who treated me terribly, but people who represent them, who resemble them in some way, who have been getting married at, you know, in their twenties and whatever, who have gotten the things that I've wanted. And I'm just like, how are these, why are these rambunctious people who party and just are speaking slang and do weed all the time? Why are they the ones in relationships, but people who have been called, you know, people like myself who have been called smart and had stuff like that blown up my ass about how smart I am, how self-aware I am, how intelligent I am, who would actually treat people properly, don't have relationships and marriages and whatever. And Mm -hmm. I wanted to prove that to them because I want to prove to them that this idea that, oh, you thought I was too weird for you, huh? You thought I was too awkward for you. Well, guess what? Fuck you guys. I got what I wanted anyway because I found somebody who was attractive and who wasn't rambunctious. And that's kind of the idea of one particular group of people who I really want to one-up. Okay. So back to this four-leaf clover who, is, who you find attractive and um, who you know, happens to be in, introverted. Um, what more can you say? She also happens to be quirky in a good way, you know, in terms of like, she doesn't, she, according to my friend, has lacks situational awareness, but not that it matters because I'm quirky too. And I'm sure she would understand and give me a chance, unlike people who deem themselves to be so socially skilled that giving quirky people a chance will be a death sentence to their reputation and whatever. But, but lastly, this person is also wanting to pursue a career that has a high prospect of making six figures, namely pharmacology. So if me and her were to be a couple in the future and be married in the future and do things together, me with my PhD in public health, making six figures, her with her pharmacy career and whatever, making six figures, potentially maybe even more than me. Not that it matters anyway, because I'm not so insensitive. I'm not so, I wouldn't be incensed if my spouse were to make more money than me. Right. Then me, then me and her could do so much things. We could we could go to cool places on the world. We could do better honeymoons than these rambunctious people. We could go on better trips. We could buy better houses. We could just have better possessions overall and just engage in the sort of passive-aggressive flaunting that these people have been doing 
and just making me feel like crap my entire life on social media. I, I'm hearing a match made in heaven here, X, and uh, I, 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 I neglect to see the problem. What's the dilemma? It's just, I'm just scared about how to go about, you know, going with this woman. Cause I'm, you see, I have, I, I'm not really particularly wanting to go into like how, what the best course of action is. All I'm saying is that the problem is, well, I'm glad you see that it's a match made in heaven. And my, my friend is also kind of optimistic about my chances with her, but here's the problem. She is, the thing is I plan to meet up with her. I only met up with her once about on the September the 12th. And then I want to, um, I am planning to meet up with her and the squad again sometime at the beginning of Thanksgiving weekend in Canada's Thanksgiving weekend, which is in mid-October. And then a couple of days after that, me and my friend will go to her salon and just chill there because she doesn't have many customers. And then after that, it becomes a matter of do I let her know my romantic intentions early on or do I just take it slowly and potentially let things grow organically? And that's what's been causing me a lot of stress because not only do I feel like I am, do I may, you know, if I make the wrong move, I lose the opportunity to find what I've been looking for for the longest time, but I also mm -hmm. face the setback in my revenge and one-upping scheme. And um, I, I forget the, uh, I, I, I'm not sure if I'm seeing or fully understanding the, uh, the one upping scheme in context of, you know, having this, uh, having potentially met the love of your life. Because what I mean by that is this, by ha potentially having met the love of my life, I can finally start boasting about it on social media by doing all those I can do all those cheesy couple posts. I can do all those cheesy captions. I could do cheesy captions that I have been denied of doing for my entire life, such as our first trip around the sun and whatever, XOXO and whatnot. I can go out in public without feeling like crap anymore because I finally am, I finally have something that others could look at me and be envious of. Hell, mm -hmm. as a 5'7 guy, I could go out into the world and, you know, kind of make the taller guys who are single be like, oh, why the hell does that midget have a relationship, but not me? Oh my God, I'm squandering my God's gift advantage, you know? That, that's, a, that's a fun accent. Who are, you, uh, who are you taking after there? Is that kind of a, uh, a New York or sort of a Boston East Coast twang that, I, that I'm detecting? To be honest, I wasn't even looking at that. I'm just trying to like, I'm just trying to like, you know, and make impressions of like a lot of these, what a lot of chads, my, I guess you could say what Toronto chads talk about, talk about, if you will, like they speak like, oh, why do men's have these relationships, but not me? Rip fam alive. Wallahi. Yeah. Okay. I, I guess, I, I guess we would also call them bros. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Now, now I know who you mean. And I once had a photo taken of me with, uh, I rarely wear a hat, but in this case it was a ball cap and it was maybe backwards and to the side a little bit. And mm -hmm. my, my friends all poked fun that I looked like a bro. And, and so th it solidified for me that I knew what a bro meant. Um, here we go again down some rabbit hole, but um, listen, we got to bring some levity to this situation. It, this is supposed to be fun. This is, you know, this is supposed to be exciting that you're finding someone uh, 
you know, for the first time. Now, let me ask this. Uh, so I think in seldom is, uh, is something that you're still identifying with, meaning to say you've never had sex or you're, you're involuntarily celibate um, from the time that we first spoke on a prior episode and, and since, is that right? More or less. Yes. Okay. And is it fair to say, or am I wrong that this is the first time that you've sort of become infatuated by someone? That is not necessarily the case. I've I, I've had sorry. There are there are others, aren't there? There are there's there's more than one other, I'm sure, plenty, dare I say, that you've maybe been infatuated with that have fallen through. Is that accurate or not? Yeah, there are plenty of people who I liked in the past who obviously it didn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So and that's kind of helped affirm for you you know, this uh, losing pattern where you've sort of come to the belief that there's something wrong with you rather than the realization that there's that you're in fact quite unique and charismatic and, and a pleasure to speak with. I guess you could say that for what it's worth, you know, I remember a person, one of the people who I want to one up is this person from a club who deemed me too quirky and weird, if you will, to mm-hmm. have a relationship. But, you know, or not, not to have a relationship, but he basically chastised me for my supposed lack of social skills. And he's a person I want to one up. And he, he is, you know, it's, it's kind of bullshit that he ha- got to have a relationship before I did and whatever, because of his very ostentatious, um, ostentatious behaviors and whatnot. Granted, he is a business major. And according to my friend who is also a business major, a lot of them tend to be dicks because they are so up their ass with regards to the subtleties that you need to do in social situations, such as inflection, tone of voice, saying people's names and whatever. Whereas this group of people, they don't care for that. The group of people that I'm talking to because they're science majors. This woman that I'm interested in is a science major and she would value somebody who may not necessarily be into, into, being rambunctious and obnoxious. This person isn't... Now, this guy who I'm talking about, he wasn't necessarily a party person per Mm -hmm. se, but he still was kind of up his ass a bit with regards to how, oh, you need to do this. You're, you know, being a nice guy is not enough. You have to do this because being nice is not enough. You're too much of a nice guy, yada, yada, yada. Whereas this group they seem to appreciate the fact that I'm a nice guy because science majors are logical people, so to speak, whereas business majors are kind of up their ass a bit with the subtleties of things. If you, will. I'm glad that you went there because that's exactly where I was going to start directing this conversation to ask you. But before I do, on the topic of nice guys, following up to our conversation on Asperger's and Enceldum, did you ever look at the, re- the that episode again? Like, I think there was a, a reference about uh, Dr. Robert Glover's book about No More Mr. Nice Guy, which I found profoundly helpful for anyone listening in, um, you know, if you've never heard of it, check it out. No More Mr. Nice Guy, Dr. Robert Glover, and maybe I'll link it again. Is that something that you ever looked into or are familiar with at all, X? I looked into the, I looked into the summary of it because I'm just not a person who has the time or the patience to go through the tediousness of looking at 
entire books or listening to audiobooks, if you will. Sure. And different uh, strokes for different folks. I mean, it, th- this book happened to hit me at just the right time. And it's, and it was, uh, I, I think it was profound and, and different literature might have that effect on you in a different way. But um, so anyway, that's my plug for um, no more Mr. Nice Guy. But I, I wanted to steer this conversation towards the idea of objectivity and subjectivity. Um, maybe we talked about that before. It's certainly a theme that I've explored on and uh, various topics in previous episodes. But I want to just make this observation uh, for you, X. You know, I'm hearing about this life script that you've created for yourself. I, I hear about, you know, needing a decent job, which is kind of a subjective uh, perspective. Although there's an objective aspect where you say six figure sum salary, you know, and then, uh, you know, so there's this balance between objective and, and subjective. You say you want a proper social life. Well, who's to say, you know, where's the objectivity in determining what is proper here? This is a a subjective perspective. And the same about your uh, four-leaf clover, whatever her name might be, this uh, sweetheart that you call attractive. That's not something um, that... uh, that, That's not something that that you can objectify, I don't think. So um, what I'm wondering is... Yeah, I guess I'm trying to make sense of of the, the this sort of life script in context of what is objective and what is subjective. I think you probably do uh, better with targets that you can meet that are objective. Is that right? Maybe so. And the and the subtleties, as I recall from our previous conversation, and nuance is something that you more or less struggle with. I guess just in the context of like having to do all these stupid games of like you know. Because it's it's not enough in this world to not be an act like I am pretty good with regards to not being an active problem in social situations, but to all the people that but to all the high school people in my life, that was never enough for this guy from this club that rejected me like trash. It wasn't enough. So mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I, I mean I'm 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 just hearing these objective markers like six figure sum or being married before thirty, I think was another one that you'd said earlier. Yes. And I mean, those targets be what they may, um, you know, I guess the question is evaluating how important they really are to you. And if you happen to be married at 31 instead of 30 or, or 40 instead of 30, um, you know, it, it, in the grand scheme of things, is that so, you know, is it so important if you're making just under a hundred thousand dollars a year? Um, you see my point? And so there's a graduating scale here. I'm also I'm also kind of wondering about uh, yeah. So you know, let me just finish on that on that question. And so I mean, are you amenable to to adjusting the goalpost a little bit, uh, or or are those hardened objectives that you set for your life script? As difficult as it might be to say this, and as tragic as it might be to say this. Those goalposts are there and they are stuck there. And it's going to take a lot for those goalposts to ever become flexible because I feel like those goalposts were there after all the hells I went through in life. If I Mm -hmm. didn't go through those hells, these goalposts wouldn't be there. I hear you. So they're pretty much set in stone 
and and kind of non-negotiable in your mind? The only thing that could negotiate them is if, which is unfortunately something that may or may not happen in the time frame that I want it to, mm-hmm. is if the people that if enough of these people who got married in their twenties divorced. Just as an example. Okay, well, I appreciate that example, but that leads me to the next uh, observation that I want to make, which is, um, and I hope you don't mind me saying so, X. If I'm being too forward, you'll let me know, and we can just talk about the weather or something like that. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I, I, again, I'm sorry if I'm bringing levity to the situation, but I think it's it. It you have to if you're talking about something important and meaningful and. Um, you have to put it in context with, with being light and lively. And, and, and this, and the point is, you know, that, um, I want to hear more about this four leaf clover, this sweetheart. Um, but I, I get the, I, I, I can just tell from, from hearing from you, you know, this tension, you know, this is such a grave, the gravity of this situation, the weight that it has on you. I, I, I'm able to tell that. I guess I'm trying to decide my role in this in this conversation. Should I just be here to listen, or are you seeking advice? I'm just I, I I'm just wanting to speak to a lay person about this and just maybe get you know hear some questions and you know hear some alternate perspectives and just be able to vocalize what's been on my mind more. Or less. Right on, right on. Well, you're in the right place, and uh, if it's okay, you know maybe I can give you some advice or try to share some insights so that. So that, you know, that whatever this is that we're, we're doing here is, uh, is meaningful. Um, my, I, my question right now is, uh, how would you describe ego? Hmm. I don't know. I, I don't know how to really describe it. All I can say is that I've had some people on Incel Exit talk about the concept of ego management. And, um, you know, to be honest, though, a lot of those people on Incel Exit, especially the moderators, they have problems with their egos because they clearly love to stroke their egos by making, by talking to me and others similar to me about how we need to manage our egos. But in terms of ego, well, all I can say is Freud was involved in it and that's all I know. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to decide of a a workable definition or how to operationalize this term. Uh, The self, especially as contrasted with another self of the world. So ego has to do with, um, you know, understanding the, the psyche of, of oneself. I think that's a, a simple way of putting it. And I'm, I'm circling that word, uh, in, you know, in, in, in jotting down themes in our conversation, just because I'm hearing about, you know, this no desire to one up. I mean, dare, dare we go as far as to say punish, you know, I think that you're, you're just, you know, this conversation started out with the idea of, 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 uh, revenge even, and, and wanting to, you know, get your comeuppance. Um, have you ever heard that, uh, that term oh, of before? Course. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to get my good comeuppance and I want a lot of those people or actually all of them to get their bad comeuppance. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. And I wonder if, you know, holding on to that spite uh, that frustration, that anger, I, I might go as far as to say that ugliness is something that might be weighing you down, uh, going forward and, and being yourself attractive to potential suitors, this, uh, the sweetheart included. I mean, I, I think these two ideas are juxtaposition to each other. On the one hand, you want, 
uh, to live a good life that is loving and you know filled with beauty but on the other you're describing uh, something that involves um um referring to the past about you know wrongdoings that you'd experienced and and been hard done by like in high school and the desire in future based on a list that you have of of people that you'd like to one up and that's a lot of energy man that's a lot of uh, time and resource to you know of of your of your being devoted to to you know getting comeuppance um by way of one upping do you, is this making sense or am i out in left field no it makes sense like like i've i've heard similar people saying like saying things to me like oh what could you do with that energy instead what could you do with that energy someone once said to me this idea of like getting to a place where most normal people most healthy people are which are saying that other people's lives and what they do have nothing to do with yours and whatever but Mm -hmm. (laughs) the, the, the reality is the reality is it's just that i am I feel like, like I said, my mind was irrevocably changed and that it's just so, I, so people have basically told me the idea of letting go if, you know, and to be honest, it's, I'm I'm not making any assumptions here. To me, it just kind of sounds like this kind of sounds like I am being suggested the idea of letting go, but it's just so damn fucking hard to do that yeah well i i think you're touching on uh on a on a practice of what you might call mindfulness or focused um you know what i like to call personally it's kind of an oxymoron i call it active relaxation where you know instead of instead of you know the the idea of the ego to come back to this is you know it's important to have an ego youngsters, for example, don't have a very good one. They just live in the moment and carry on and they don't make very good business people because they don't, they can't keep time very well. Uh, you know, children, for example. Um, but people with an ego an intact ego, you know, it allows them to be professionals. It allows them to get uh, decent careers, for example. So it's healthy to have a certain self identity right but the 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 concern um i i think for folks who identify with the inseldom part is is that there's a lot of toxicity that comes with it and there's a lot of harm uh and and, and sort of sadness and hurt and so i i think there's something there's some exercise to be done in flipping uh maybe reality checking or you know, determining what is a healthy ego or how to discipline it um, and, and maybe be a, a little bit more in the moment. So to tie back to your, to your sweetheart here, uh, the four, the four leaf clover that you're referring to um, tell us about how far you've managed to get, like, does she know your name? Have you, uh, what, how much, how much conversation have you had or has, have you been admiring her from afar? I certainly have been admiring her from afar, but what I will say is that, like I said, we met at one outing and based on what she said to my friend, she probably forgot my name, even though I said it to her, okay. but, um, but you know, she'll probably remember it after I talk to her again in the second outing. But, um, but yeah, I've been admiring her from afar, but I've also been stressed as fuck 
because um, I'm just trying to be so fucking cautious about screwing this up and whatever, because I feel like a lot of relationships in my life or potential relationships were, were ruined because of just the slightest fuck up. Well, here's the thing. The idea of objectivity and subjectivity is that you're, you're not going to be able to guarantee that what you want to land well with her can objectively be met. I mean, you know, she, the, the, the attractiveness here is, is a subjective thing. Okay. And it's, it's, and so, you know, if you want to quantify it, then uh, on aggregate, you know, of all the people out in the world, there are some, there, there are some that are less or more likely to be compatible with you as, as the unique being that you are for whatever needs that you have and whatever needs they have. I mean, it, it's a, it's a dance, it's a balancing act and it's one of, of uh, subjectivity. So coming from the mindset, a of, you know, you needing to be the perfect, her perfect script uh, so that she's attractive to you, you know, it's, it's an impossible objective to meet and to punish yourself with an ego that says, you know, I, I, I mustn't lose this. This is the one I have to, I mean, you're, you're, there's a tremendous amount of pressure that I'm hearing being placed on your own shoulders. None of which means anything until you go up and say, hi, my name is so-and-so. So I, I, there's, there's, um, there's something also to be said in regarding the ego about being in the moment and, um, yeah, I, I want, so do is there a, is there a date planned or do I understand this is a friend of a friend, who, uh, situation? Yes. But as I said, the thing is that there is no date planned yet because the, the thing is I have to meet up with her at the second outing. And then me and my friend will meet up with her at her salon, which is usually not that busy. So me and him could just chill there and have more intimate conversations with her. And then it comes down to two pathways I could take, which is either, asking her out early and letting her know my intentions early on or waiting to be just continuing to hang out with her in group settings and just make it low key and try to develop, you know, let's let it grow organically, quote unquote. And I've had people tell me to do that. I've also had people tell me to go with the whole, Oh, um, just let her know your interest early on after this week, if you will. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is the age old question, you know, and how to get the girl. Um, and there's, there's no perfect formula. I mean, the only thing that's going to work is, you know, partly your intuition and, um, and if it's meant to be, then whatever intuition you have, even if it's one that's not based on nuance and subjectivity will be perfect. Uh, you know, if she's, if she's compatible. So, um, I mean, you also hear about folks that get in the stuck in the friend zone, so to speak, but what we're talking about is being brave, being vulnerable, putting yourself out, uh, on the line. And, um, the only way you're going to be successful with this one is by doing something you've never done before by standing out and, being, you know, from the char- from the charisma that I'm uh, observing in our conversations, you know, you're you're going to be able to do that no problem, X. But you know, be prepared, you know, for for 
for uh, for being turned down as much as you need to be prepared for victory. I mean, you don't get uh, the gold without the dragon. I mean, I don't know. I think I might go with what one Reddit user told me. And then again, and she's also a married person who followed a similar formula, the idea of just getting to know her and, you mm-hmm. know, taking her out every now and then. But... Mm-hmm. But just like just letting things grow organically. Again, that's a bridge I'll cross when I come to it. But sure. All I'm saying is that all I'm saying is that this might be my greatest possible chance for not just the one thing that I've wanted in life that I was made to feel that I was undeserving of after all the things that people did. But like I said, just finally get my the start of my happy ending that I feel like I deserve after all the hells that I went through. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the day we stop learning is the day we die. And uh, the the biggest uh, work I think to be done or, or learning um, is one that's interpersonal and, and has to do with becoming a more complex being. So uh, I, I'm curious, uh, I think we spoke before of therapy uh, and I just w- wonder if you can chime in about how, how you're doing uh, or who else is in your corner that you can, that you can confide in about this. <laughs> you know, there is actually one therapist. She is probably, she was the person who I was wanting to get to with regards to, who I want to one up. I won't go mm-hmm. into that yet, but here's the thing. I have seen seven different professionals, oh, sorry, eight different professionals, including the current one who I'm probably going to dump soon, but, and not without, um, and not without telling her how she wasn't useful in any way. She was just the least useless of the people that I've seen. <laughs> but but, um, but um, here's the thing. So I've seen eight different professionals ever since the end of 2014. And they were all, I would say, pretty damn useless, to be honest. And I've taken two different medications. I'm going to drop the one I'm doing right now real soon as well. So I have done a variety of different things including CBT, autism therapy, um, and just life skills, life coach stuff, and neurofeedback. And as I said, they were all useless. Now, one person on Reddit told me that if they are all useless, it's maybe the common denominator is you because you're not bringing a mindset that is conducive to change. But here is the problem. Okay, let's hear it. Here's the problem. I know what I need to do, but I cannot do it. I just can't. My mind was destroyed beyond repair. And that is what's been causing me to be stuck in this. I know what I need to do in life. I know that I need to give other people chances. I know that I might have to potentially forgive and you know drop the victim mindset maybe. I know that I have to, you know, the whole bullshit thought challenging stuff, but I just can't when you have generalized anxiety disorder and dysthymia like myself, it's already, it was already tough enough doing those things without those two things. And now you got to have those two things that make things so taxing. I, I, I just can't. Yeah. Can't or won't just to be clear. Hmm. I realize that I have to, but it's not a, I guess, well, to be honest, I'm, I'm really debating on what it is because it's like, on one hand, I've tried to do it with my seventh therapist, who is the, who was the person that I wanted to talk about one-upping, mm-hmm. but, 
aside from her being so useless with CBT and proving how useless it is for people who are self-aware like myself, I did try to bring in a conducive attitude to change in that with that therapist, but she didn't understand. But how, how, how do you know that you're not on the brink? Like, how do you know that you're not, uh, a, you know, in the next second that some, some profound epiphany will occur to you. Something will connect or some breakthrough will occur or some opportunity will present itself. Um, you know, I, I think there, there is something to be said about a mindset. And I, I like that, you know, you kind of alluded to dropping the victim mindset. Um, I prefer to think about it in terms of internal or external focus foci. I mean, is this, you know, to, to, to refer to identities of in seldom or of general anxiety disorder, I, I wonder how else that could be flipped around. So, you know, for example, the fact that you're not quirky, but unique, uh, the fact that you're not, uh, sh- you know, shy or, but, um, but reserved, you know, or, or mysterious, uh, you know, it, this is this is an exercise, and it's not easily done, but it's a, an exercise of, of mind over matter and focusing not on the things that are outside of your control and external, but internal, the things that you can control, including how you perceive the world. Maybe so. Maybe so. I don't know. It's just this is where the impasse, this is where the impasse lies, the great wall of China, the great wall that I cannot surmount no matter what I've done. Well, I'll tell you what, you're, you're, you're not going to know if you still have a chance with this young lady unless you make your intentions known. And however you decide to, to do that is, is, is what's you know, special and, and unique. I mean, and it may not pan out, uh, in which case you know, the, the old adage I, I know, I mean, I, I, this might sound shallow or callous, but there are plenty of fish in the sea. And the truth is you're not going to find one before 30 until you're practicing, you know, reaching out to everyone. So the, the negotiation for you, which is within your control is, are you amenable to changing those goalposts, so to speak, that life script that you spoke of earlier, or are you willing to negotiate being putting yourself out there doing things that you've never done before and challenging yourself in a new way. That's the choice. So which one's it going to be? No, you hit it pretty hard there. And to be honest, I'm really just lost because I refuse to go to bars and clubs. I, I refuse to use online dating (laughs) and I refuse to, I refuse to cold approach people. The only fact, the only thing that I can do to get me into a relationship is if I ask people, they are, they either are, well, not either. They are both one amenable to setting me up with people like this friend did with this one woman. Mm -hmm. And they would know somebody to do, to do that with. And this friend who was kind of a four leaf clover in that aspect as well, because he was somebody who knew people like the problem with this was a lot of the people that I knew of in my life. They either didn't know people that they could, they were, those that were amenable didn't know people that they could introduce me to. And those that knew people that they could introduce me to weren't amenable to introduce me to them. But this person, this friend of mine was different in that context. And 
I really have a hard time believing that there are plenty of fish in the sea because as I said, this person is a four-leaf clover and I I will cross that bridge when I come to it. I will be inconsolable for a long time if things don't work out, which God forbid they they don't. But- You're setting yourself up for suffering, man. You're setting yourself right up. If if this isn't the one, then it, the 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 challenge for you is deciding what's the next step to get back on the horse, baby. I mean, the you know the anyway. I I don't want to uh, you know. I, I realize this is a grave situation for you, but setting this script for yourself, X, uh, in a way is you know it, you know if a script is not going to be. Uh, flexible, then you're kind of setting yourself up for for heartache um, when things don't go exactly to plan. So I, I, I'm 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 sort of I'm challenging you a, a little bit on this uh, on the way that you're perceiving um, the world around you, and I I'd like to suggest that the you know I think what's going to benefit you the most is trying to explore things that are more subjective, um, and and trying to cut loose a little bit on the objective things like, for example, refusing to, to explore many of the avenues that people mind uh, meet perfectly, um, uh, perfectly good partners. I mean, why the hell wouldn't you date online? Height requirements go on the Tinder Reddit and you'll see what I'm talking about. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure if if I understand elaborate what, so why is it that you won't date online? It's a ton, it's a bunch of bullshit to be honest, and they're well, you know, I'll, yeah. I, I tend I tend to agree. I I, I I personally I see it, and 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 I've and I've been on there, and quite frankly, I, I'll I'll disclose that I do have a partner, although there was a lot of uh, years that I thought I was an incel, and that partner that I found was not online. They didn't happen to be, but the exercise that went through the trouble of going online cultivating a stupid profile, putting myself out there was practice. It was exercise for the big thing. And, you know, this is the, the most exciting part for you X is whether this sweetheart, this four leaf clover is the one or not. It's the next shot that you got to take and you're going to miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. I never said that I wouldn't take the shot of asking her out. The thing that I said is that I'm not going to try to rush it early on because it's like I I was thinking about doing that. But after somebody on Reddit said, you barely know this person. If you do that, if you do that too early, you will diminish your chances. And I just, you know, I just want to take her word for it because after. So what are ways of increasing your chances then? You know, if, 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 if asking her out immediately is going to diminish, and I don't think you should do it right away. I think you should be cool as a cucumber. I think you should be your cool, charming self. And I didn't get a chance to finish what I was talking about with Tinder. Like, go on Reddit and you'll see people posting screenshots of women asking guys, how tall are you? And then the classic, oh, how much do you weigh? But then <laughs> guys are the assholes when they ask someone how much they weigh, which is something within their control. And whereas, you know, oh, I wish, I, man, I just wish guys could grow a little bit more and whatever. That's the bullshit that I'm going to have to go through. And a lot of online stuff is all about hookups and not about legit relationships. And bars and clubs are also the same thing where there's rambunctious people who want to beat up each other and whatnot. Yeah. Well, I, I, I tend to agree with you that, you know, these, these dating sites are tend you know, they're just hookup situations. Uh, often, but not always. 
Um, and, you know, I know of examples where, where wholesome married couples, you know, have met uh, online and, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, anyway, I've been, I've been monopolizing and maybe trying to fix this uh, situation too much, although I, I do want to see you successful, and I'm thinking there's going to be a third part where you might come back and, and, and uh, share you know, all, the, all the progress and, and the good that's going on. Tell me, tell me more about your intentions. Um, I, I mean, have have you gained any perspective on on how you might proceed uh, that fork in the road that you alluded to earlier? As I said, it's one person. You know, it's like I'm at a point where I have to, like I said, going to that outing and then visiting her at her salon just to get a chance to talk with her more and let her know my name or get her a chance to know who I am and whatever. Those things are just a given. But the fork in the road, like I said, is deciding whether or not I should, whether or not I should ask her out to just to do something between the two of us or, or wait till the next group outing and just try to, or just hang out with her in general, just in group settings so she can get a chance to know me. Because for what it's worth, that Redditor said that the friend zone doesn't exist. And Hmm. maybe, maybe she has a good point with that, with regards to how, you know, there are people, you know, because she knew of her husband for four years before they started dating and whatever. And it's not like rushing it or whatever. I mean, it just goes back to the idea that everyone's different and whatnot. And that's like, at the end of the day, I can only trust my gut, but I feel like, I don't know, something is telling me that it's probably just a better idea to just go to that outing, go to her salon. And then I guess maybe just ask her to like, I don't know, a park outing or something like that, because my friend did say that she's not a drinker. Sure. I think you're doing, you know, the usual due diligence, you know, you just want to get close. You want to, you want to get to know her. Yes. And, uh, and I think that that's totally the natural first stage and it's already, it's already coming to fruition for you. Um, the challenge I, I, I'm hearing is, you know, just finding uh, a moment to be present uh, so that, you know, you're not living a little too much in your head, um, catastrophizing or trying to think of every contingency um, because, you know, there's nothing less sexy than being caught up and, uh, and stiff. And well, uh, now I've walked myself into a back, into a trap here. I um, pun intended, of course, being stiff can be perceived as being sexy, but I mean, as a character trait, uh, you don't do, do you see what I'm saying? You want to be fluid. You want to be funny. You want to be quick and wit and witty. And so if I can share a little trick or tactic, you know, rather than, you know, asking, uh, someone out is, um, is setting up, you know, the, the, the question of yes or no. Whereas putting out an invitation is, is maybe another strategy that you could go for, which is more subtle. And, um, so the con, you know, I I wonder how you might, how you might, uh, express your interest to this girl without it being in the form of a question, but it being a, a statement, for example, and thereby, you know, demonstrating confidence and, and decisiveness. Okay, so if I were to go to the path of wanting to go on a date with her, hell, even even in the week, even during that week, which again, that Redditor strongly advised, but let's just say I after the salon thing, I ask I want to ask her at the week after. So if I were to word a something like this, I would say 
I would say, hey, I thought, I thought you were, it was really nice seeing you in the week. I think you're really cool and interesting. And I think we should go to this place and they got, because they got some really nice waterfalls there. Right on. But yeah, it's like, yeah. I, I mean, it's easier said than done. Uh, but less is more and, you know, you know, paying compliments can go a long way and using statements rather than, I mean, of course you need to ask questions to get to know the person, but, um, but you don't want her to be in a spot where she will default to the answer. No, you want to assume sale, as they say, assume that she does want to go out with you. I mean, if this is the one, if this is meant to be, then you know, it's, it's already clear to the two of you. She's just waiting for an opportunity that you're going to present to her. So instead of saying, instead of saying, and again, this is all hypothetical, but instead of saying to her, Hey, it was really nice uh, speaking to you. You thought you were really cool. Um, I was wondering if you wanted to go to this place sometime next weekend, they got some really nice waterfalls that's probably not the best thing because that's kind of a yes or no thing, right? Yeah, uh, yes. I think there's room for improvement. Um, so what would be what would be a more refined way that you might go about um, making that statement? All right. Well, I guess I would say um, first part should be the same. I was like, hey, hope everything's well. It was really nice seeing you that week. I think you're really interesting and we should we should hang out sometime. I know a place Her. I I found a place over there that's got some really nice waterfalls. Maybe, well, actually if I said maybe we could do next weekend, that's like doing that. I think we should check it out sometime soon. Probably Perfect. next weekend. You're all you're doing is planting the seed. You know, you're you're planting the seed here. You know, you're making it av- available, you're putting it, you know, the ambiguity. How about I put my number in your phone? You know, I, I mean, now I'm, now I'm just having fun with it, but absolutely, you, you know, you don't have to justify the fact that you think that this person's attractive. I think it's perfectly, perfectly well, uh, and it's going to be well, uh, well, uh, known by you just making the statement. I think you're pretty cool. We should hang out sometime. I think you're pretty cool. We should hang out sometime. All right. I'm going to write that down in my notes. There you go. I, and, and you took the low tone there. It sounded, uh, I mean, you're not my type X, but it did sound pretty sexy. <laughs> well, I mean, like I said, when I'm, when I'm not, what I will say is that when I'm not so lost in my ego and my revenge fantasies, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe, maybe just maybe it might allow for this side of me to show a little bit. I'm not so sure, but. So- not maybe, certainly. I'm convinced. And it's only you who's got to do the, uh, the, the switcheroo here and change can happen in an instant as soon as you make the decision. Um, but, uh, I'm certain of it. And, you know, with you, it's just going to be a a matter of practicing it and soon you're going to master it, I'm sure. So just to reiterate, if I were to want to ask her out sometime, I would say, Hey, it was Hey, uh, why I'm going to call her why, Hey, why I thought it was, Hey, why I hope everything's been well, everything's been well. I'm, I'm just typing this down as well. Just so I'm, that's why I might be repeating myself. Hope everything's been well. I think it was really nice seeing you. It was really nice seeing you. I think to be honest, I think you're pretty cool and we should hang out sometime. Perfect. 
So long as it's so long as you're not reading it. <laughs> or how about this one? Write this one down, X. Hey Y, I'm X. I'd like to meet you on an axis sometime. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's that's like that's what? That's like that's so that's something I'd expect at a bar, to be honest. I know, that's terrible. It's an inside between you and I and anyone still <laughs> listening to this uh, to this uh, to this session. Of course, uh, her real name's not uh, Y, and I don't think your real name's X either. So that that joke won't fly. Don't write that down clearly. No. That would be that would almost be a sure way of uh, of heartbreak for the rest of your life. Oh yeah. Sure. I think there you've got uh, you've got big things ahead of you, X, and it's just a matter of um, fortitude and shifting that mind. I'm glad that we didn't turn our time together into a um, you know a, a, a revenge porn situation where you're just fantasizing of all the things you'd like to all those comeuppance you'd like to get at the expense of someone else. You're far better served, I think. Um, channeling that energy towards helping, uh, helping, you know, helping yourself to exactly what it is that you want and being kind to yourself and flexible about that script that you've written for yourself, man. Well, the flexibility on the script is something that will probably have to be addressed, you know, with others in due time. As of right now, it's still kind of in the back of my mind and there are still some residual things but but i will i will think about it a little bit more but in the meantime i'm going to just try to not let i think i think what it's for what it's worth one of the things that has been added to this feeling of not it not working out even though i wanted to as well is those internalizations that you know I feel like we're a result of the things that people had done to me and just not, maybe this goes back to your subjectivity, objectivity thing. I don't know, but it's like, I feel like that Redditor who I was talking about, who gave me that advice of taking it easy with her was also the person who said to me, like making this about how it's not going to work out. That's just your depression and negative internalizations talking, trying to take control. Don't let them. Yeah. And, and that's also the ego too. I mean, if it's true that you've adopted an identity around in seldom and, um, um, you know, anxiety and, um, dysthemia, that's a new one that I've heard, but you know, adopting these, what is dysthemia? It's just a, it's another, it's another name for persistent depressive disorder. Okay. And they might be part of you and they could be a part of, you know, something that creates a drive within you. Um, you know, however it is that you choose to harness it, but, uh, creating an identity around it could, could very well slow you down. And that's tied to the ego. And I'm suggesting you let some of that ego go. You've got to find a way to become present, focus on appreciating the subjectivities of now and, you know, say farewell to the old self that was, you know, setting yourself up for failure and say hello to the guy that is going to get you what it is that you want to get in this life. So this sounds like a self-help, but we've turned the, the, the Rex Crim show has taken a different direction this episode, but I, I want to tie it back to something uh, because there's a bigger picture here. 
Uh, I think your initial intention coming on this show was to talk about something else, the idea of one-upping. And in summary, where would you have taken that conversation if I let you? I would have talked about, to be honest, I would have talked about the people who I wanted to one-up and why and how by doing that, how by getting married at, you know, to be honest, I'll say this now, just, you know, like one of the things that I want to say that I, you know, that I can say now is one of the things that I fantasize about is... To be honest, I know this would never happen at any wedding whatsoever, but at my hypothetical wedding at hopefully 27 or 28, I could say, I, w- I, I sometimes dream of being able to say to, the, to, to, to those in my life who wronged me and whatever, who tried to prevent me from getting what I wanted and those who in my eyes didn't suffer enough to get the things that I wanted, I would say to them, you guys tried to ruin my life. You guys tried to prevent me from getting what I wanted. You guys thought that I was lesser because I had Asperger's. You guys called me worthless, called me weird, called me retard, called me idiot, called me undeserving of this. Well, guess what? I've got this career now. I am a doctor, like a PhD, not a medical doctor. I have In, a- in public health, right? With $100,000 or more salary? Yes. Maybe I got somewhere. it. I got but, it. Um, but, um, but um, I have a, I have, I have a loyal squad behind my back, and I have the wife of my dreams. So, why don't you all turn look turn your face to the sun, and think about how worthless you all are. Oh my God, X, is that your speech for your own wedding? That uh, is, is that is that what you've been fantasizing about, really? Yes. Well, we got to turn that around, my friend. You got to. We got to, you know, start focusing on what it is that you want. And I'd like to suggest that revenge at these people, uh, you know, these uh, figments of your imagination uh, at a hypothetical wedding, this is not serving you. You've got to start focusing on what it is that you want. And what you want is a four leaf clover. Yes. You've got to set your sights on, on, you know, the, uh, the important stuff and, uh, and you know, revenge uh, can be petty. I can only imagine if I let you tell me what you were going to do to your therapist. What what that would briefly what would that look like? If you want to one up your therapist, I would just say to her. I would just say to her. I understand that you've never truly suffered in life, and that you got positive reinforcement your entire life because you were attractive. I totally understand why you would be able to say that the world cannot be against someone, given that it was never against you. If it was against you, you would never have been able to get a proper social life, get married at twenty-seven, and get your PhD, make six figures, and go from new worker to senior clinical director in only ten years. I earned the things in my life, and you never did. Turn your face to the sun and feel the wrath of Allah for your disgrace. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I hear, I, I hear a lot of, um, yeah, I hear that spite coming out again. And, uh, you know, I'd like, it, it, this is a bit cliche, but I'd like to suggest that love is, uh, is, you know, what will last. And the, the hate is something that's going to just, you know, it, it it's uh, it'll be your own demise. Uh, there's something to be said here about one-upping, and to tie it back to examples we made of uh, with the uh, incel fella, the, the 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 countless atrocities that have happened. You know, where they've arguably tried to one-up the people that they've felt slighted by, mm-hmm. uh, and that has to do with punishment. You know, and and what you're describing to me, X, is a desire to punish those who have wronged you. 
Um, earlier when we were talking about this rider van fella who drove down Toronto's uh, Young Street and, and, and mowed down innocent bystanders, you know, we were kind of signaling to the audience, um, you know, that we were part of the moral majority and, and you made a, a point about, uh, uh, about them sort of uh, being, I, I guess, being uh, locked up in jail or, you know, rotting in jail or something like that. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I think there's a wider, um, there's a wider sensibility, you know, not just in this conversation that you're describing interpersonally about wanting to get your, your revenge, but in the way that we, we sort of punish um, people in society at large as well, you know, like people that have seemingly offended, you know, end up uh, in, 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 in terrible conditions. Um, And it's all based on, you know, punishment. But when we're pointing the finger and wanting to punish someone else, you know, we, we've got three fingers pointed right back at ourselves and there's really no, you know, back to the internal and external locus of control. Um, you know, we really have very little that we can control outside of ourselves. And so I, I just really want to encourage you acts on this sort of new journey, uh, to focus on the things that are within your control and if that means, you know, being flexible of that life script or those those goals, um, that goal marker, or otherwise having to negotiate the rules that you set for yourself, uh, something's got to give. And and I, for those who they're not willing to give in anything, you know, that that those are the ones that end up uh, um, lashing out. I guess that's. Am I, am I, am I out in left field or am I, is there something resonating? Am I landing here? Hmm. No, it's just, it sounds an awful lot like what one Redditor who I kind of resent would say to me, the idea of, oh, you know, she was alluding to the idea of how, oh, you know, you're the only one placing this limit, but Hey, start dating if you really want this and whatever. And then accept that much of this is outside your control. And honestly, she's somebody who I resent because you know, she's not somebody who I want to one up because to be fair, she did suffer because she lost her mother when she was 15. So she's, she, I can't, I can't resent her even if I really wanted to, she knows what mm-hmm. pain is, but I don't know. I, I still didn't take, I didn't take what she said all too well because I feel like she wasn't understanding my plight. Mm-hmm. Do you get the sense that I understand your plight? Almost, almost completely perfectly. I mean, I, I guess it's not a matter of you not understanding my plight. It's just a matter of, like I said, this is the problem of the impasse, the great wall that I am not able to feel like I can overcome. I mean, for what it's worth, I will, to be honest, I refuse to be, as of right now, I refuse to be flexible. So the only thing I can do afterwards, if God forbid this doesn't work out, is just ask the other people in my life, if they know people and whatever, just like I asked my friend. But as I said, that's, I'm not going to subject myself to things that will needlessly make my worsen my mental health, like online dating and clubs. I'm only going to do what I know for a fact is worth it for me. But what I will say is that. How can you know if it's worth it for you if you don't try? That's the thing though. I did try online dating and it failed horribly. Mm-hmm. 
I did try clubs and it failed horribly. I went to when I say nightclubs, I went to I went to student clubs and they failed horribly. I went to I did so many things in life and they failed horribly. And most people would just try to would tell me, "Oh, well, just try again." And pretend that I said that with alternating caps because that's how much mockery and contempt <laughs> I have for that. I have for that um, sentiment. But try, try just, again. <laughs> yeah. But, but the idea of trying again is about learning from the past and trying something new. I mean, putting a little spin on it. I mean, have you ever asked a girl out before, I wonder? Yes, I did. And I did kiss one in my life, but that was somebody who was too old for me. Right. Sure. So you've learned from that experience about what it is that you, you know, now what you rather want. And um, have you ever tried asking a girl out, not by asking the question, but by making a statement? Hmm. If I look back onto that. No, I never, because to be honest, I never heard anybody mention the idea. You're the first person who's made it, who's explicitly said, you know, try out statements. And I think that's for what it's worth. I will give it a try with this, with this person and whatnot. And there, I think every other person that I asked out before, there was no statement to it. There was more just like, oh, would you be down to go X, Y, Z, or would you do that? And just basically the idea of questioning and whatever, rather than just making confident statements out of concern that I was coming on too strong. Well, I think that the concern, I mean, you know, you got to, there's a book, there's a fantastic book called pay, pay yourself first. And, um, you know, in, in this context, I think it works. You know, I think you need to be a little bit less concerned about what others think of you and more concerned about what it is that you really want. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there was something else that was important to come out that that uh, that hasn't arru- uh, that hasn't come yet, but it will. What back up a second to where we just were uh, talking yes. about. So you're going to try this new approach. You're going to explore the idea of. Um, trying to dismantle, if you can visualize getting rid of the bricks of that big wall that you've built up, you're going to find hopefully after this conversation in your, in your life, in the weeks, maybe to come uh, opportunities are going to present themselves to metaphorically remove the bricks of the wall uh, in which you've built. So, so the challenge for you is to take those opportunities and to dismantle some of those walls and, um, and, you know, online dating might not be the solution, but as Einstein would have said, you know, you know, he, he, um, well, was it Einstein or I think it was Edison who said about the light bulb and it, uh, didn't take him, uh, he didn't fail a thousand times. He just learned 999 ways that it didn't work. And, and so, uh, oh, this is the point that I wanted to make. It's a sliding scale, you know, of, of compatibility, I think, um, you know, and that has to do with nuance and subjectivity, which is something that you might have to start looking at exploring a, a little more deeply X. Um, you know, it isn't, necessarily objective whether this is the right one or not it's a question of how compatible is this person i mean dating isn't so much you uh you know if we can flip it around it's not as much you wanting to woo her and win her over as much as you want to you want to um interview her or try her out to know if she's the one for you i mean you've got a lot to to offer here and the challenge is by demonstrating through your gentlemanly 
conduct and your intelligence and your charisma that you know you you do have a lot to offer that you you know are extending an opportunity to this person to be part of your life yeah that's fair that's totally fair I'm feeling like, you know, we're going to have to check in and see where this goes in, in a little while. I mean, I'm, I'm genuinely uh, curious. And like before, um, um, we, you know, I, I, I was so enthralled uh, and delighted to have met the stranger on the other end of the line. I left an open invitation, and, and so that will remain. You're, you're always welcome. on. And I'm not just saying that because I'm afraid that you're going to try to one-up me either. I would never one-up you. <laughs> So, um, well, what, what more is there to be said? What, uh, I want to give you the final word and then I want to ask, uh, one or two final questions. Well, I guess I will say that I, I guess I just want to say that <laughs> I'm, I am sorry if, you know, I made this conversation, just made this episode a shambles of an episode. Just a Don't be one. ridiculous. I was thinking how, how unique. Uh, and uh, an unusual um, um, and kind of profitable, you know, it's funny. I came onto this call just wondering myself, wondering to myself, what is the point of of the Rex Crim show? Um, and so I, I guess that's one of the questions that I wanted to ask you, you know, ha- is there value in it for you? Of course. And if so, how? Well, first of all, it's just good to speak to somebody who actually speaks who actually is genuine and not, I don't get this feeling that you blow smoke up my ass, unlike so many other people in my life. But I guess also just to hear other perspectives, which is totally fair. And, and Hey, I got something at least I actually did. I mean, aside from, you know, the conversation being able to put myself up, you know, get my, make my voice heard. I also got this idea of the idea of trying out statements and not using questions when asking someone out, yeah. I think I might've got that from the book that I referenced earlier. No more Mr. Guy, nice guy. Or maybe I, maybe it's somewhere else, but I, I do feel like I um, am in a way talking to an earlier version of myself X, because I, I can relate with much of these uh, um, concern, you know, much of this, this plight of being uh, alone in a, in a, increasingly socialized world uh, or whatever the hell that means. But mm-hmm. this isn't about in seldom as much uh, as it is about, you know, sharing ideas, being vulnerable, putting yourself out there. And, um, and so I'm glad that at least, you know, some tactic has, has resonated with you and, and maybe something else. I mean, maybe this, uh, maybe you're going to have a whole bunch of four leaf clovers lining up after, after the Rex Crim show uh, publishes this episode, uh, they're going to be just you know wanting to get a, get get uh, get a load of X. Oh, and I well, I really, I mean, after 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 all the after all the dark shit I said, I kind of doubt that. But I'm glad <laughs> you don't see it that way. Well, how do we flip it around to see the light? I'm not sure. Like, I guess all I can say is that those things were not the words of were not the words of a were not the words of you know weren't the words of my inner, they weren't my, the words of my true self. They were only the words of, they were only the words of somebody who was just in a state of other, utter hurt and didn't know what else to do. Now I'm hearing honesty. I, I, that now I'm hearing you. So let's, let's create a space for you now 
to to try it out and and to, i mean in a way you're being intimate with me as as people do when they're in therapy you know intimacy is also on a sliding scale i guess i feel like um mm-hmm. in a way you're opening up x and uh if your true self isn't one that wants to one up others then what is it that you're really after redemption and what does that look like redemption that I know that, for for example, honestly, I know that the people who I wanted to one up, they won't even care. To be honest, I know they won't care. Mm. But you know what? At least I can still get the happy ending. You know, mm-hmm. and you know, it's like the happy ending doesn't have to be like with regards to wanting others to know what pain is. That's not at all the case. It's just a matter of, like I said, just getting my happy ending after. Just, just going through life and going through pain and whatever. That's it. Not not making reference to others and whatever. Just going through life and just going through some pain and just trying to get the happy ending, if you will. Yeah. the The beauty is in the pain. Yeah, I, I think what a what a fantastic way to come to some conclusion. I mean, redeeming yourself isn't about getting revenge. Redeeming yourself is about being happy with who you see in the mirror and being content with what, you know, by with, with what you go through in, uh, in fighting the dragons and getting the gold. Yes. I, I think, uh, you know, pain is one of those things that's entirely subjective and I can't purport to know what yours is really like. Um, just like, you know, no one else can, can really, uh, objectively know what it's like. Um, for, for, for someone to be in pain, but we've all been through it and that's a commonality in which we can all relate. And so, um, I, I'm, I'm just, yeah, delighted to have, uh, to have heard from you again, X, it was a long time in the making, a lot of back and forth. And I don't know if either of us truly knew what we were getting ourselves into when we got on this call, but am I ever glad that we, uh, shared this time? I'm glad to. Well, I'm uh, wishing you all the best, X. I uh, I wonder, would you come back on? Might we hear from you again in another uh, little while? I hope I have better things to share, and I even 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 then, I'll, I think I think you could expect to see me again. Yeah, well, hopefully not uh, no. not uh, because you want to one up me, but because you've got something special to share or some great uh, development that that uh, that I'm anticipating for you. So I, I'm uh, I'm wishing you well and uh, congratulations in advance because something big is coming your way. Thank you. Maybe it is after all. <laughs>